th that phrase right there what it makes me think about is just the transition from boyhood to manhood and it may sound uh, that you may listen to this episode and you're thinking this guy has been waffling well but that's me generally expressing my thoughts because the truth about it is there isn't a definite there isn't a definite answer to what manhood is that's also subjective in itself where you have to take some time sit down and really reflect but one thing i know is that what you do does not your job does not make you a man your wealth does not make you a man i, I could go on a list there's so many things whether you have a girl or not does not make you a man You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood, a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidum Wanaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. Hello. Hey there, and welcome to Journey to Fatherhood. Today's podcast, I really wanted us to just focus in no guest, just you and I, you listening to what I'm saying and you thinking about the things I'm saying. Over the last few weeks and over the last few episodes, I'm sure you've, I hope you've been blessed and I hope you've really gotten a lot from the conversations we've been having with different guests, some married, some engaged, some fathers, some not fathers, all sorts of variety. And we've had the opportunity to have conversations with people different perspectives from talking about what manhood is and talking about dating talking about raising a child having daughters or all boys those questions and those discussions have come up and over the last time um, last couple of weeks i've just been thinking to myself like what is manhood i know it's something that we've touched upon in terms of okay talking about being a man is not about just having money or being provide, providing things in the family. But it really got me asking myself, like, what is it that people actually see as being a man? What qualifies someone as a man? And this is a question that it will always change depending, I guess, contextually in different places. Let's say I'm, I'm from Nigeria. In Nigeria, you know, a man is meant to be the breadwinner of the family, you know, have the money, make sure that you're able to provide. Of course, that's something I resonate with. And he's meant to, you know, the idea that he's meant to have more or provide more than the um, the wife. But, you know, you come to different places where it's like, no, it's shared equal responsibilities and all of those things. So let's scrap all of those things away and let's really get down to the bare bone of it. What makes a man beyond their age? Regardless of if you're of age of an adult, what really makes a man? And this is something I constantly ask myself, you know. I think one thing I'm coming to realise is that I think, how do I go about this now? How do I phrase this? Okay, let me take it back to this. 
ever since I've been, ever since I was a teenager from about 12, 13, I've always wanted to grow up quickly. You know, I wanted to take on responsibility so I can prove I'm a man. And every single time I got the chance, I wanted to stay with the oldest, you know, in secondary school, I would like to, I would prefer to mingle with people that were older than me. Different reasons, because first of all, of course, it's a mixture of things that you want to look cooler because you know all the people, you know the older guys. Yeah, I know the seniors. You know, I'm not so I'm I may be young, but I know people that are older. And then even w- without realizing it, my attention started going towards people that were older in terms of being attracted to people because I always had this idea of if I date someone that's older, that makes me more of a man. And it wasn't until later that I realized that unfortunately we externalize our identity or our understanding of manhood as opposed to internalize it so i let me let me explain that so externalize our identity so we wait for things on the outside to confirm or validate our manhood if i could put it that way let's say a guy that can drive you you know girls say you know i want a man that could do this 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 and this so in your head the only way i could be a man is if I could do this, this, and this. Further um, to give a uh, specific example, if a guy, a girl says, you know, I want a man that earns twenty five k, or thirty five, or no, not twenty five k in the UK in London, <laughs> that's gonna be tight. But you get what I'm saying. To be fair, twenty five. I start. I remember my first salary. Let's let's even take it back to that. So this this this, this is this is gonna give you a bigger picture of my understanding how my idea of manhood was warped over the years. So when I came out of uni, first job I got was a job in a secondary school in a behavioural management department. So I was working as what they call a student referral officer. So, you know, the name sounded good, but trust me, I, was, I, I could tell it to you. I have no, it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel any way. But my first salary was 18666 Bear in mind, I I was a fresh graduate, just come out of uni 2018, September 2018, started working that job. And it's crazy because I've never been one to attach my esteem or my self-esteem or my confidence to how much I earn or to external factors. But for that time, I don't know, whenever I went anywhere, I always felt small. And, you know, people could say, oh, it has nothing to do with manhood, it's just financial basis. But for me... Earning so low, I always, I, it was only later that I started realizing that I allowed it to affect my idea of how manly I was. In a sense that because I felt that I'm not earning that much, I can't really talk to people. Um, because I'm not earning that much, can I really speak to girls? Can I take girls out? Can I take ladies out on dates? Can I do this and that and that? And without knowing, I started blowing things out of proportion, and then I started thinking, okay. Um, girls like a guy that earns a lot. Girls like um, girls love a guy that um, even things like owns a house, has a car. All these things that I started externalizing. And truth be said, I know that's not all that girls look for. I'm not being. I'm not small minded. I'm not limited or ignorant to the different things that people look for in a guy. But without realizing it, it started making me feel so small. Take away the materialistic things. Okay, let's talk about um, the attributes that I am, the stereotypical attributes that are out there of what makes a man. You know, a man that, you know, can show his authority through the way he speaks, you know, 
and <laughs> you get you get the you get the um, split between guys that are considered too nice and guys that are considered you know yeah he's got that power. So my question is not a question, but one thing I kept on pondering upon was I'm a very soft spoken person, and I'm not. I've never really been one for, for confrontation, but of course I understand conflict resolution, being able to have the right level of confront confrontation when needed. But you know that was one thing that always got me, that always got me puzzled. And like I said, this episode I'm just talking to you, we're just having a conversation about this idea of manhood. So over the years, one thing I realized was that I always questioned, and this could open up a whole bag of conversations and discussions and all of that. Please share your views in the comments sections, leave a review, and let's talk about it beyond this. But going back to what I'm talking about, I, I started feeling to myself, am I man enough if I don't have this, you know, authoritative voice or this, you know, presence about me that is commanding but not intimidating? Because I always felt that, I always had the phrase of, oh, Chinodun, you're too nice or you're too soft or, you you know, those phrases that make you feel that if care is not taken, people say it without even thinking and it can be so emasculating. So these are things that were going through my head so much so that I started saying, wow, am I even a really a man? And if care is not taken, that's what a lot of people end up asking themselves. So they end up taking these things on, you know, the guys that used to be soft-spoken, they now start... You can see examples of people that used to be soft-spoken and because they were being... They felt or they perceived themselves as not man enough because people weren't taking them as serious as those that raised their voices. They start raising their voices. Before you know it, it becomes a habitual thing where they just constantly raise their voice over people, even over women. And it, 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 you then ask yourself, okay, what is the right balance of it? No, I don't. I still don't raise my voice. I don't raise my voice unless unless I have to. So the the the, the truth about it is that for a long time I've had conversations with men, I've had conversations with people my age, I've had conversations with elders, people that are old enough to be my father, and just trying to understand their idea of manhood. And it varies and it, it constantly changes depending on situations and to contextual and all of those things. And I'd love you guys to share your views on this, what you see as manhood. You can send me a message privately on my Instagram handle at chinadim underscore obwanaya, at chinadim underscore obwanaya, my first name underscore obwanaya, or send, leave a comment on this episode or send us a message on the Instagram page at journey to fatherhood. But coming back to it, it's something that constantly puzzles me. Because we see it stem from the very youngest age. Now, I've worked in two different schools. The first school I worked in, I worked as a volunteer, working with young boys that were assigned to me to be, for me to mentor them. And in relation to this concept of manhood, you know, you find, I guess, boys in essence in secondary school, that people that would be still called boys, trying to man up so quickly by taking on um taking on things that they shouldn't really be exposing themselves to let's say you know the whole thing um secondary school unfortunately i i i saw that happen in the secondary school that i went to where people had this whole thing of body count 
Now, this opens a whole range of topics. Again, I know, flood the comment section or send me a message directly if you want to speak further about it. Where guys started saying, um, feeling more manly the higher the body count was. And it was scary because this was generally their idea of who's more manly. People used to now use that as a validation of being a man. You know, if you're still a virgin at 16 or 17, you ain't really man enough. So things like that, you, you, you just imagine the conflict that goes in a lot of young boys' minds where they're asking themselves, well, I guess, am I man enough if I haven't done this? Am I man enough if I can't do this? If I haven't explored this or tried this? So what I'm saying is that we need to be really careful in terms of what we identify as manhood. What makes a man? And everyone contributes to it. Everyone really does contribute to it. Or would you use the example of young people in education where um, if you're not affiliated, because the secondary school I went to, I'm not going to say the name because it doesn't exist anymore, it got shut down. But the secondary school I went to, it was crazy to the point where there was a time where people were getting affiliated to gangs. And in their mind, you know, people would say, oh, I've got olders. I remember I, I was not affiliated to any gangs at all or anything associated to that but it was this idea of you know you're part of the mandem you know you're part of a you're you're on a different level where you have this this false sense of authority because you're affiliated with a group of people that genuinely aren't good for you so you get the constant constant fight between guys feeling that no i can't be too nice you know i've been taken advantage of i need to man up you know i need to join a gang or things like this i need to do this this and this so people can take me more seriously and in their head you know i'm a young man i'm grown you know i'm, I'm about this and we still have that going on now so it begs the question what are we really doing to help young boys be, feel how do i say feel manly or understand what are we doing in general as a society to help young boys and men in general understand what manhood is are we defining manhood or is it open is it open for different interpretations what exactly is manhood i'm not i'm not speaking to you as an expert far from it and in all my 24 years of living on this earth this is something that still puzzles me but one thing i know is definitely not the external factors you're not identified by um, I, I personally know that for me that is no longer what I hold in regards to what manhood is. So if I were to say manhood is a combination of being able to be responsible, accountable, reliable, and trustworthy. Now you could break that into so many things. You could say, well, of course, the fact that you have to be a male genetically. So that's the main... Yeah, let's not get that one wrong. Let's let's take it again there. Because <laughs> I guess anyone can have those four attributes and still not be a man. So first of all, you have to be a man. Highly accountable. Highly responsible. Highly trustworthy. And reliable. So now, the first factor... Those, those, those five things. Now you could break it down and say, okay, to what extent? How much of this? You know, <sighs> I know guys that are sixteen that act more manly than people that are twenty-seven. 
Now, of course, according to the law, you're, I think it's 18 that you become an adult. Now you could call yourself a man, no longer a teenage. I think 18, you're still a teen, but 21, let's start with 21. 21, you're a full adult. Um, yeah, 21, actually, I think it's 21. 21, you're a full adult and you can be called a man, um, um, directed as Mr. as opposed to Master. So all these different things, you, it, it, make, it makes me ask myself, so what? how much education out th- is there out there for young boys to feel like men, for young men to feel like men, to receive that acknowledgement within themselves that they are men? That they are men. What is this idea of manhood? So what what comes to mind is I don't know if you've watched it. Um, for listeners outside of the UK, I'm not sure if you've come across to it. Kidhood to adulthood. Th- that phrase right there. What it makes me think about is just the transition from boyhood to manhood, and it may sound uh, that you may listen to this episode and you're thinking this guy has been waffling. Well, but that's me genuinely expressing my thoughts because the truth about it is there isn't a definite there isn't a definite answer to what manhood is that's also subjective in itself where you have to take some time sit down and really reflect but one thing i know is that what you do does not your job does not make you a man your wealth does not make you a man i, I could go on and list there's so many things whether you have a girl or not does not make you a man. Let me give you two examples now. These could be very limited examples, but nonetheless, they're examples. A guy at the age of 21 and another guy, two guys, two different guys at the age of 21. Both have graduated from university. For Both have graduated from university. One has a job and is earning money. And has a girlfriend. So one has a job. Earning money. And has a girlfriend. The other. Also graduated uni. But hasn't got a job. Is working on an idea. And hasn't got a. Isn't in a relationship. Now. Right there. I'm sure you've already made your pre. You've made your judgments already. Who's more manly. Irrespective of your answer. I want you to really challenge your thoughts. On why exactly do you think. One is more manly than the other. Just think about it. If you said that, but just, I, I really want you to think about it because it, this, just, this is just an example of how quickly we categorize men as who's more manly or less manly. I think maturity in terms of being a man, a real man, starts in the mind. It starts in the mind because what we can't keep doing, what we're not going to keep doing is making men feel less of a man just because they haven't accomplished certain things. And now it's even gone beyond just having a job. It's now, oh, you're more manly if you earn X amount. Or you're more manly if you've done X amount of things. Like I said... There are five. There are five. There are five. Catch. There are five things. I. 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 When I'm asked about manhood, there are five things I think about. First of all, of course, you gotta be a man. Secondly, counter high accountability. Responsible, highly responsible. 
highly reliable and highly trustworthy. So what makes a man goes beyond just, oh, I'm doing a job. If, if, if you say you're going to do something and you're able to follow through on that, big respect. If I can trust you with what I've said and you give me a word that you're not going to spread it, you're not going to take it to advantage, that's, that's, that's a real man. So I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to say this in a way where it kind of makes a bit more sense. Because I don't want anyone listening to this for any reason feel that I'm not man enough. I'm not, I haven't really made it. I haven't really landed as a man. This is going to be a very short episode, but I really wanted you to take this time. We're going to have our guest back next week, next episode. But I just wanted to take this time because it's easy to start listening to what everyone else is saying and what everyone else is achieving and then start either putting yourself down or thinking you're not doing enough or now saying, well, I'm not man enough because I haven't done this. I'll become man enough when I've done this or when I've reached this level of whatever it is. This really is an opportunity for you to just sit down. Sit down, take some time and really reflect. What makes me a man? And what am I feeding into the... What am I saying to younger people? If you're a father, what are you saying? What are the definitions you're now giving to your young boys about what makes a man? Are they reasonable? Are they true in terms of your identity of what makes a man? Just because these are the things that you've always been told makes a man growing up doesn't mean that's exactly what's right. Now, I encourage you, listen, I challenge ideals, I challenge theories, I challenge people's conceptual ideas of what should be and what shouldn't be. So take some time. You could finish this episode and think, ah, oh, listen, he's absolutely nonsense. What he said doesn't make sense because to be a man, you need to be earning X amount. To be a man, you need to have this. To be a man, you need to have achieved this, this. You could say all of that. That's okay. But I'm just happy you listened this far. Because at least we're having that conversation, even if it's not a two-way conversation, at least you're having that conversation with yourself. I've started a conversation, you're in your mind. For me, that's conversation right there. The reason I say this is because time and time again, I deal with young boys. I mentor young people in education still that have this constant conflict of not feeling grown enough and even up until people in university and then when people come out of university their identity is so warped in the idea that I'm not a man because I don't have this I'm not a man because I haven't achieved this I need to be more manly by being more aggressive or so that people can take me more seriously by raising my voice or by acting bad so I could attract these type of girls because they want someone that exhibits this type of manlyhood we need to really be careful because if we're not careful, we're going to create toxic men. Toxic men or alternatively, we'll create low, men with low self-esteem and low self-worth. Because it's easy to mask yourself in a job and everything. But when it really hits down to what are, you, what are the core ingredients that makes you a man, have you got those in check? Again, I repeat the five for me. It could be different for me. Of course, first of all, you've got to be a man. Secondly, highly accountable. Thirdly, highly responsible. Fourthly, highly trustworthy. 
and last but not the least, highly reliable. So you could bring that down to whatever responsibilities you have. Let's say a job. Okay, could you pull through for what you say? Now, just play around with those words. I've used those words because, again, like I told you, there isn't a set definition of what makes a man a true man. Without exploring too much, we really need to think about, without saying too much, I mean, we need to really take time to explore our ideas of what makes a man and correct it if it needs to be corrected. Because I know so many men out there that are, that feel helpless, that feel so less than because what society has portrayed as a true man or an example of a man to be like, sometimes it's too crazy to even attain or sometimes it's just so crazy to maintain. Let's have a talk about that. Like I said, please, 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 please help the podcast, help this podcast because I want this podcast, the episodes, the guests that we have on this show, they take the time out so that they can share some knowledge on their journey to fatherhood or their existing experience as fathers. And this is very important, both, like I said in the introduction, both for existing fathers and those that aren't fathers. And also, ladies, you can gain a lot from this. As the previous episodes, we've talked about both people coming from toxic homes how people have turned um, lack of um, no relationship with their fathers into a blossoming relationship with their fathers now. All these other things, we touch upon these things. And every single time you like and leave a review, it helps get the podcast discovered. So please like, share and leave a review on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, anywhere you can. Support the channel. And that's me from today. That's for me. That's... That's it for me today. Please, if you want to give support, I've got a few announcements that will be coming out in the next few weeks of a few partnerships and a few things we're working on here at Journey to Fatherhood. But in the meantime, it's Trinidad here and I want to say thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Journey to Fatherhood. On, pod- on Twitter, follow us at J2Fatherhood, J2 Fatherhood. You know, limited characters on Twitter, so we're going with J2Fatherhood on Twitter. And we'll be launching our YouTube channel shortly. They've got, like I said, we've got a few announcements coming up in the next few weeks. So thank you for riding with me. And thank you for joining me on this journey as we all take this journey to fatherhood. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Speak to you next week.